You can now take KRBN you can now take KRBN radio with you on your mobile phone as we are making it easier to listen to the great hosts here on KRBN, including our very own West Lane County Commissioner, Jay Bozovich. It's free and available on Google Play. Just look for player.fm. That's player.fm and search for KRBN. Live from Lane County, Oregon, it's the Bose No Show with your host, West Lane County Commissioner, Jay Bolchevich. And now, here's Jay. Good afternoon. This is the Bose Nose Show coming to you from the uh, wild and woolly Pacific Northwest. We're having one of those uh, winter storms move in on uh, the Oregon coast here, and it's uh, blowing a gale a little bit. And uh, this is the Bose Nose Show, and uh, I'm your host, Lane County Commissioner Jay Bozovich. And uh, we come to you normally on Wednesdays, but today we're coming to you on a Thursday. And again, we are in free-for-all mode, which means you can control the conversation by calling in at 646-721-9887. And uh, just press one, and that lets Robin, my call screener and producer extraordinaire, know you want to get in on the conversation here on the Bose Nose Show. And we'll talk about what you want to talk about, but I've got auditing on the brain today because, you know, one of the reasons I had to postpone the show from Wednesday to Thursday this week was the Board of Commissioners uh, met yesterday at, at my normal show time to interview two candidates for our open uh, performance auditor position at Lane County. And Performance auditor in Lane County is one of three positions that reports directly to the Board of Commissioners. And that's so that it can be independent from the county administrator who also reports to the Board of Commissioners and that everybody else in the county actually reports to. So, you know, the performance auditor position is a kind of important position for um, providing us a view in the county government that's not filtered through the county administrator. And, and that's sort of the, the whole purpose of having them, you know, be um, appointed, you know, interviewed and appointed directly by the Board of Commissioners. And it really, um, it makes a, a, a big difference in doing that and having it set up that way. And, and our performance audit position has actually been really successful. We've had some really good audits done at Lane County with the previous performance auditor. And we had two really good candidates we interviewed yesterday. Um, and actually that interview was done live on Metro TV and you can go on our website and watch them if you want. And you can, uh, if you do get a chance to look at them, you, you can drop me a, a quick note either here on you know, Facebook or uh, talk at krbnradio.net, which you can you can email anytime for for the show, and also uh, you can um, just kind of let me know which one you thought was the better candidate for uh, performance auditor. They both both had really deep resumes um, and and you know pretty interesting educational backgrounds and all that. I had a favorite. Um, but we have to kind of wait for some background checks and everything else. And, you know, the board probably look at those uh, about January 23rd and decide if we're going to extend an offer to one of the two candidates. Um, but it was uh, really nice to, you know, be talking to people that are interested. And, you know, and these folks are coming from out of state um, because, you know, one of the things people don't understand about exactly what it does a performance auditor do. And, you know, most people think of auditor, they think of, um, financial auditing, which is a typical thing done once a year on a company or once a year on a government uh, to make sure that their, you know, books are straight and, and that their bookkeepers aren't making mistakes and that they're in compliance with all the various laws around bookkeeping. That's not what a performance auditor does. So, you know, almost all auditors have accounting backgrounds, but not all accountants are auditors. 
And when you get down to auditors, only a small percentage of auditors are actually performance auditors. Because what a performance auditor does is they look at uh, not only are you know the books straight and a few other processes are straight, they look to see is that program, department, company, uh, government agency, are they meeting the mission and getting the outcomes they're designed to do uh, given the resources they have and, and um, the constraints around their mission, et cetera? Are they following best practices? Uh, where can they improve on those best practices? That's really what a performance auditor is all about. It's about looking at a system and seeing where that system can be improved. Uh, and that's that's a lot different than just a straight financial auditor. In fact, uh, El Rapa had their annual financial audit uh, presented today. I was at the El Rapa board meeting today. I'm, I sit on that for the Board of Commissioners. That's our Lane Regional Air Protection Agency. And that audit was what they call a clean audit. There were no recommendations. Um, it was a clean audit, but that was purely are the books balanced? Are the books being done in accordance with, you know, accounting law? It wasn't about whether or not El Rapa is actually making an improvement air air quality, and are we following best practices in doing so? None of that process stuff was reviewed. A performance auditor, if they were to come in and look at El Rapa, that's kind of what they would be starting to look at is in that way. And, and we've done performance audits in Lane County. We did a performance audit of our uh, road maintenance program. We did one of our behavioral health program. We took a look at our public safety system and uh, they made recommendations on how we can improve those things. And, and in fact, you know, we looked at our behavioral health system first because one of the ways we developed our audit plan through our, our citizen audit committee was where are our high risk programs and our, one of our most high risk program at Lane County is behavioral health because basically we're dealing with individuals that are mentally unstable but still living in our community so there's a lot of risk involved in that that particular program and that's one of the reasons why it was one of the first subjects we had a performance auditor to look at but we're getting you know hopefully we'll be you know hiring a new performance auditor and filling um a position uh, where uh, Shonda Miller, who did a great job getting that 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 position up and running uh, over two years, uh, unfortunately decided to, to take a, kind of a, a leave of, of absence from working for a while and travel the, the globe with her husband. She's kind of on a um, an early retirement vacation, planning to come back to work later, but that what they wanted to do was travel while they were young enough to enjoy it. And I, I can't go um, against her for that. It's kind of a fun thing to do, but it left us with a hole and we're trying to fill it with our performance auditor uh, here. And, and, it, and it's really you know, a great thing to have uh, in connection with government because it, it, it adds to our transparency and accountability. You can go on um, Lane County's website, and if you type in the search um, bar "performance auditor" or "perform," you know, you'll you'll find our performance auditing page, and you can actually click on link to those past performance audits and and the two-year uh, audit plan that we had in place, and see how those those audits actually work, and you know the findings and and management response to those of how they're planning to um, address those recommendations and it's a really powerful way of keeping government efficient and transparent and doing what they're supposed to do with the the you know getting the best the, the most and best outcomes for the resources being put in, in the program and the state has a performance auditing function through the secretary of state's office where they do performance audits on various programs and probably the you know the one that has been in the news the most was the one they did at the Oregon Health Authority where they found out that the Oregon Health Authority was actually um, not following up on checking the qualifications of folks that are on the Oregon Health Plan and there was a significant percentage of folks that actually weren't qualified that were getting benefits at, at a cost to the taxpayers and, and that act alone saved you know 
millions and millions of dollars in, in getting the right people on the plan and getting some of the people that don't belong on the plan off. But the recent audit of the Department of Environmental Quality, and particularly their air um, uh, pollution side of things, which is sort of what the Lane Regional Air Protection Agency is, is, a, is a dead match up for. And the Lane Agency actually has that jurisdiction in Lane County, and DEQ's got the whole rest of the state. And what they found was that DEQ, 43% of their large emitters, what they call Title V um, permit holders, were working on expired permits because the backlog was so great in reviewing and approving permits at DEQ that these folks, you know, that are emitting, you know, 250 tons of pollutants a year or something like that to be a Title V uh, permit holder, 43% of them are on expired permits. You know, so we don't really know if they're, you know, yeah. being air clean or not. And their inspections, actual on-site inspections and checking was way behind. And the one thing that in comparison, El Rapa has nobody working on expired permits right now. You know, the, the Lane Regional Air Protection Agency. And I think that, you know, when I first came into the County Board of Commissioners, I was wondering why Lane County had its own air protection agency and thought maybe it was kind of a, a, another layer of government we didn't need to have and we could just, you know, close it down and give that back to the Department of Environmental Quality at the state level. And I've come to understand that that particular agency saves Lane County money every year because DEQ wouldn't take over some of the local nuisance complaints, things like open burning, that would fall back on Lane County. And the actual cost of doing that program in unincorporated Lane County is more than what we pay the Lane Regional Air, Pollution, Air Protection Agency in dues every year. So we actually make out cheaper having El Rapa here for county taxpayers. In addition, because it's a local responsive government here at the most local level, they actually are much better at working with the permit, uh, people that apply for permits and have permits and also getting out following up on complaints and doing inspections far better than the Department of Environmental Quality can be just because they're they're local. And it's something I preach a lot and, and, and I'll defend El Rapa in a lot of ways because it is government on the most local level possible. And whenever you can get government down closest to the people possible, it's usually the best form of government. And El Rapa has demonstrated that and that, that DEQ audit by the Secretary of State's office just is points out blatant differences between a statewide agency and a countywide agency, a local agency. So really pleased um, with the El Rapa's performance, uh, their financial audit was clean, and uh, they, although we don't have a performance audit done on them, I can I can tell you just in comparison with what the performance audit showed at DEQ that El Rapa has their act together, and they're they're getting the job done, and they're you know they're improving our air quality here in Lane County. One of the ways we can look at that is what they've been able to accomplish in Oak Ridge in getting them um, into attainment for uh, wood smoke uh, up there and helping them move through that process, even though the actual uh, criteria for uh, pollutants has actually gotten stricter and stricter over the years, they've been able to help Oak Ridge get into attainment there, even though as they were trying to, the rules got uh, more restrictive from the federal government. So pretty, pretty happy about El Rapa right now and auditing. And then, yeah, it kind of gets me on the subject of, of another audit that, that uh, I was last year, which was about the, the public safety levy here in Lane County that supports jail beds and our youth services. And that audit came out last uh, spring and I think about March and showed that we were spending the money the way we promised to spend it, and we're getting the number of jail beds we promised to, to have, the number of treatment beds in the youth services department, 
and uh, was a very clean audit on on that uh, levy and and that we are spending it the way we should be uh, and that next year should be coming out very shortly and I'm pretty positive just based on what I know that it should be another clean audit of the uh, public safety levy it kind of brings me around to a whole other subject and before I get on to another subject with auditing and all that, I want to remind folks that today is a free-for-all day on the Bose Nose Show, which means if you want to get in here and change the subject from auditing, call me at 646-721-9887 and just press 1, and that lets me know you want to get in on the conversation here on the Bose Nose Show. And uh, again, that's 646-721-9887. And, you know, you can also get a hold of us on email in between shows, talk at krbnradio.net. Uh, you can also Facebook message us on the uh, KRBN Internet News Talk Radio Facebook page. And, of course, you can find me personally on my West Lane County um, commissioner's page or even on my personal commissioner's page if you want to see some poodle pictures. Uh, of course, you can always get a hold of me uh, through my office phone and 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 through the county's uh, website. If you go to the commissioner's face uh, web page, you can find numbers and uh, email contacts there. So pretty easy to get a hold of me. But again, today's a free for all day. So if you want to change conversation, six four six seven two one nine eight eight seven. But while we're talking about auditing, I want to move to a story that was in the Register Guard today about City of Eugene and, their, and the ballot measure that the citizens put on on the ballot for the City of Eugene about a performance auditor for the city. And uh, it looks like the, the city council may choose to put a competing measure on the same ballot um, for an auditor. And there's a pretty big difference between the two, two ballot measures. The one the citizens put on there would have it be a elected position, and I, you know, which is probably one of my greatest concerns about that. One, it would make the position not report to anybody, other than the voters every four years when that position's elected. And as I was talking about at the beginning of the show about, you know, what's a performance auditor? It's a subset of auditors which is a subset of accountants. And accountants are definitely not one of the majorities of people out there in the world of our population. So think about who is truly qualified to be a performance auditor. Now, at the beginning of the show, I also talked about the fact that we interviewed two people for our performance auditor position. We flew those two people in from Texas and Arizona for their interviews. Just to give you an idea of how far you have to reach to find this particular set of qualifications. So the idea that you're going to run an election in a city of 160 some thousand people and elect a qualified performance auditor out of the general population of that size is wishful thinking at best which means they're going to allow people possibly to run for this position that aren't even city residents and may not even be residents of the state. You know, it's the only way I could think they could get a, a pool of people to run for that. Not to mention the fact that in the citizen initiative, the pay for the performance auditor's position is more than almost every position I've ever heard of in, in government uh, besides the actual managers of large departments in big cities or counties or actual city managers or assistant city managers. I mean, it is a huge amount of pay. And they're setting aside a percentage of the city's budget to run the office. And it's going to work out to be over $600,000 a year, which is an incredible amount of money. To, to be running just to do an auditing function. And at the same time, the Citizens Initiative isn't real specific on the limitations of what that person can audit or the oversight of that, of that department. Whereas the Citizens Initiative, I mean, the, uh, the City Council one that came from another citizens group that they're looking at is a bit more like Lane County's. 
where it's actually going to be the city council that hires the auditor and there'll be an audit committee similar to what Lane County has of citizens that actually sets up the audit work plan and steers the work of the auditor. But there's always that oversight of the city council to make sure that 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 office is being run well, isn't going amok, isn't looking into things that, you know, getting outside of the parameters of, of what they can look at. So I'm kind of pleased that um, the city of Eugene is considering placing that competing measure because I think that will give people a re I think a lot of people think the city needs a performance auditor and they might vote for the, the citizen initiative one that they've placed on the ballot just because of that. But it's not a very good version of a performance auditor. And I think if they get offered something that's a little bit more reasonable, that's where they'll go. Because it's kind of, I, I know people that think they need a performance order, but they don't necessarily want an elected one with a $600,000 budget and a hundred and thirty some thousand dollar salary. Um, and PERS and health insurance and everything else that comes with a city position. So um, that's kind of, you know, you start thinking about, you know, one of the things that happens is when you do citizen initiatives, sometimes they can be written in ways that, um, Get us bad results. You know, only have to look back to uh, measure 50 that had to be corrected by measure 47 on on property tax restrictions just because it was so poorly written by the people that put it on the ballot that it caused really a lot of problems. And uh, I think the, uh, the the first version of the city uh, of Eugene performance auditor has got some fatal flaws in it, and I'm hoping that maybe that if the city places one on there, it's a little bit more well thought out and um, may get to what the goals are of the first group, but fix some of the errors in the first group. So, but that kind of leads us on to the whole idea of ballot measures. And, you know, we are in the middle of an election right now. Ta-da! It's January. And we actually had to mail ballots to, um, Armed Forces members and out-of-state uh, absentee ballot folks back. The, the Armed Forces ballots went out just before Christmas and the out-of-state ballots went out on December 26th. So you can imagine how well those folks were focused on the ballots they received. We mailed the rest of them out uh, shortly after New Year's here in Lane County. The January 23rd election that the legislature put on put together because they knew that there was going to be a referral because there are folks out there collecting signatures to refer a provider and, in, and um, insurer tax to support the um, Oregon's expansion of Medicaid under the Affordable Care Act uh, is basically what it was what it's for. And it would raise somewhere between 150 to 300 million at biennium from from those sources, uh, and that that was the intent was to fill a gap as the Affordable Care Act actually tapers down how much federal money supports that that expansion of the uh, Medicaid system that Oregon opted into, and they knew going into it that this was going to happen. So it's surprising that they. Um, started into a program without knowing how they were going to fund it in the long run. And then they came up with this idea of the last legislature provider tax, which in the initial versions of it, I was actually supportive of because it was initially going to just be to, the, to for the providers and the providers, you know, like Sacred Heart Hospital or Mackenzie Willamette um, were after the expansion of Medicaid were actually seeing record profits. Uh, and record revenues because they were finally getting reimbursed for a lot of services that they had been writing off as charitable, you know, where people would show up at the emergency room with no insurance. And now they were finally getting reimbursed for some of that for, through the uh, um, Medicaid system. And they were actually making money off of this expansion. So having some of that, 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 Get, you know, that profit skimmed off and returned back in the system to keep the system going made some sense. But then the, you know, of course, 
like anything that happens with making law, it gets into the law system and the sausage making uh, factory gets going, you know, which you never want to watch. And part of what happened was they added this tax on insurance premiums in there. And at the same time, they monkeyed around with that and exempted some large, quote, insurance groups, i.e. the uh, public employee unions at the state level. And, um, you know, from the tax and they still managed to get it passed with some bipartisan support in the legislature because they were looking at this big budget hole because the federal government was trimming back the amount of subsidy that was going into uh, the um, expansion of the Medicaid system. And, and it made some sense to fill that hole with this, this tax. But what happened shortly thereafter passage is the majority in the legislature, um, those two caucuses got together and they passed two new expansions of the Oregon health plan that ate up most of the new tax. Like they, they promised the Republicans, you know, they told the Republicans they needed this to fill a hole. And then they turned around and created two new programs that took up most of the taxes. And and not only were they new programs, there were new programs that were not popular with Republicans. One was the uh, expansion of um, abortion funding uh, to, to anyone that asked for it, no matter you know whether they were could afford one or not. It was basically you could get state funding for an abortion period. And then the second one was an expansion of providing um, health benefits to illegal aliens, which, you know, so you can imagine how angry that made the Republicans in the legislature, which is why they started to place this on the ballot, which gets me back to the fact that then the legislature basically passed a bill saying that if it did qualify for the ballot, that they would hold a special election in January, they would write the ballot title and ballot measure and control all of that, which is highly unusual, um, instead of being, you know, trying to pass some objectivity stuff. And um, here we are having a January election when nobody would normally hold an election. And on top of that, counties are charged with running elections. And I, I'm still waiting on an accounting or at least an estimate of the accounting of how much this election is costing the citizens of Lane County. And I don't believe the state has exactly um, allocated any money to us that I know of to pay for that additional cost. We do not normally run elections on January 23rd. This is a completely new additional cost that they mandated upon us. And I don't believe they are providing us compensation for it. And therefore, it's an unfunded mandate. And when, when you think about the fact that Lane County has 245,000 registered voters, and that, of course, that's due to the new motor voter law that it's expanded to that many people. Uh, and just the mailing of a ballot is about 50 cents a ballot and the printing's another 50 cents. So there's a dollar. There's 245,000 just to get the ballots in people's hands, let alone starting to count them or do anything else and, and, and the staff time involved in running this election. You know, I, I, I'll be interested to see how much we're spending, but, you know, $245,000, that's almost two sheriff's deputies for a year. You know, and it's coming out of our general fund because that's where our elections department's funded out of our general fund because it's a mandated service and it's coming out of that general fund and competing directly with all of our public safety system that is 70% of our general fund fund spending. That's part of the other 30% is elections. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not exactly happy about having to run this ballot measure here in January um, with the, with the state, but I've been kind of curious, you know, the, Getting back to what people are actually voting on this this new med this new healthcare tax, um, what do people think about that? What how are you planning on voting? Give me a call six four six seven two one nine eight eight seven. Just press one. Like to know if you're voting yes or no. Have you voted yet? 
you know, I think one of the reasons why they chose to put it in January is it's going to be a very low turnout vote because some people got their ballots over the Christmas holidays or shortly thereafter when they're busy. And uh, this is a time of year people aren't thinking about elections. So it's kind of you, you wonder, you know, was their intent to make this a low turnout election when they could get their um, their public employee unions and everybody else to, to whip up their side to vote yes on the new tax. Um, but, you know, I'm kind of curious um, how many people are actually going to vote and if you're going to vote, uh, how you're going to vote. Again, 646-721-9887. Just press one and that'll get you in here to the Bozno Show talking to your host, Jay Bozovich, West Lane County Commissioner. And uh, like to know, yes or no, on the, on the uh, care tax. So kind of moving on from that ballot measure to ballot measures in general and, and the whole process, we've had a couple kind of uh, exciting uh, board of commissioners meetings, the last couple, the last commissioners meeting of, of 2017 and the first commissioner's meeting of 2018 saw two hours of public testimony in both meetings. Yeah, you know, where we had had, you know, approximately, um, you know, you think about that, it's 120 minutes. Divide that by three minutes a person, and you end up with about 40 people testifying to us, uh, you know, on various things. Some people don't use all their three. Some people run over, but most of that testimony in the last two board meetings has been all about um, the initiative process here in Lane County, and in particular, a ballot measure on banning uh, aerial spray of pesticides and herbicides uh, in Lane County. And uh, that particular ballot measure uh, got qualified for the ballot as was, was getting ready to go out collect signatures. And a third party sued the county and the, and the petitioners saying that it, they failed to test it for something called separate vote. And that's contained in a section of Oregon Revised Statutes under <laughs> Section 203-725, if you want to find out where it is. And um, that that a judge ruled in March of 2017, while the folks are getting ready to collect signatures, that they were going to have to pass that separate vote test, but they didn't have to pass it. Didn't say exactly when, but they had to pass it before it could be submitted to the voters. It was, was what his his ruling said. So there was a judge's order based on this third party lawsuit that said it was going to have to be tested for separate vote. And uh, the folks that the chief petitioners went ahead and collected signatures anyway, turned those signatures into the county. The county then ultimately um, verified they had the, the, the correct amount of signatures to get it on the ballot. And at that point, the clerk um, followed the judge's rule, uh, analyzed it for separate vote, determined it didn't meet the separate vote test, and said it couldn't go on the ballot. And at that point, the uh, petitioners appealed that, and there's going to be a hearing in February, I think it's February 4th, uh, in front of Judge Rasmussen, who had just happened to be the presiding judge when he made his ruling. Um, and he'll be ruling on whether or not that, you know, uh, whether th this was the time to test it or not, and also um, whether or not it meets that separate vote requirement. And uh, that's kind of where that that initiative petition is. But back in December, people thought for some reason that the county commissioners had done something relative to that. And I don't know if you realize during that whole story I just told, I never mentioned the county commissioners or any action we took because we didn't take any action to prevent that initiative from going on the ballot. In fact, we stepped away from taking any action um, a, a quite a while back to, to basically say, you know, you know, let's this one run its course before we try and fix our system. When we realized that we did have a problem with uh, not clearly saying when we're going to test for separate vote on 
a ballot measure that's going to amend our charter. That's one key piece of this is the aerial spray initiative is a charter amendment, not an ordinance. And that's where that separate vote comes in. And and this week in our board meeting, everybody came asking us to now they've kind of switched from you guys, you know, yeah. we're blocking our, our our vote. And I think they realize we're not doing that. Now they're asking us to place the uh, uh, aerial spray initiative on the November ballot as an ordinance. So because then they would, you know, ordinances don't have to um, meet separate vote test because it's not an amendment to the to, to the uh, enabling document of the government. Only um, amendments to the state constitution or charter amendments to home rule counties have to meet that separate vote test. Uh, so they want us now to place it on the November ballot as an ordinance, uh, which actually the citizens could do if they just went back and collected new signatures on an ordinance version of it. Um, they could do that very easily. The problem will be interesting for the board is there's a state law that preempts this kind of local law. So we'll be faced with, can we actually vote to take action to put something on the ballot that we know violates the state law when we swore an oath of office coming into office saying we would um, enforce and obey state law? Yeah, so. So it's going to be an interesting thing. We did promise that we would hold a work session on it in the future, and uh, we'll see what happens there. But uh, very interesting things about ballot measures in general here in, in Lane County and the state and just what happens with the initiative process. You know, everybody was worried about the county commissioners in, interfering with the initiative process. I haven't heard hardly a word about what the legislature did with ballot measure 101 as far as interfering with the initiative process goes. So um, it, it's a pretty inter interesting um, in, in how one, one, one agency was treated, uh, the legislature kind of got a pass for creating measure 101 and, and creating a brand new election in January for it. And we actually haven't even touched the aerial spray initiative at all as the county commissioners, yet we had this huge um, public hue and cry saying we somehow or another we were interfering with it when we weren't. So um, <laughs> I'm kind of wondering if there's, there's a, a little bit of a double standard going on there Hmm. So again, this is a free for all day on the Bose Nose Show. And uh, if you don't want to talk about ballot measures, you don't want to talk about auditors and all that stuff's boring. And you know, maybe you just want to talk about how hard the wind's blowing right now over there in Florence. Give me a call, 646-721-9887. Just press one that gets you in on the conversation. Again, that's 646-721. 721-9887, just press one. And we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about here on the Bose Nose Show. So kind of threw out a few pieces of red meat there. You know, we you know, I'm kind of curious what people think about the city of Eugene's ballot measure on the auditors, whether they ought to put in that competing measure. Uh what are people going to vote on measure 101? Yes or no on on the uh on the health care tax. You know, we can talk about all that, or we can get down to some just you know really minutia here. I know that Robin's interested in this this one, and that's the new parking meters in downtown Eugene. And I I was talking to her offline before the show a little bit about this. I've got friends that are in ownership of some retail store um, down in that area that got that became free parking a few years back, where they pulled all the meters out. And it really hurt their business because suddenly everyone that was an office worker there was parking in their spaces along the street for free all day because they you know, had been paying for a parking space in a, in a garage previously. And their customers had no place to park around their business. So they're really happy about getting meters back. But Robin's concern is about the actual meters going in. So tell me a little, Robin. What is it about those meters that makes you a little nervous? Well, 
From what I've seen about them so far, I mean, in addition to the fact that they'll take cards, which means they're Wi-Fi connected, um, I guess the city is claiming that the meter will know if somebody is parked there or not, which may also mean to, as soon as you drive away, it's going to set whatever remaining time to zero, so that'll give them some extra money. Um, who knows, it may actually even notify the parking at, um enforcement people that, hey, this person kind of overstepped their limit and give them a ticket, yeah, you know. Um, but it's just, plus the fact, uh, it, it's a lot of money. I mean, it's a lot of meters, a lot of money, and it's just kind of the reason why are, why we're going this route to begin with versus just using what we got except for the fact you have the convenience. The other thing I don't I haven't heard yet because they didn't put the rates on the meters is like diamond parking there's there's a couple lots downtown where you have to pay but there's no place to pay except you call them or you get the diamond parking app and then they charge you for a full day plus which is $7 plus a whopping 30 cent convenience fee. I haven't had to do that. Okay. But that's pretty interesting at thirty cent convenience fee. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, par paid parking is always an interesting thing, and, and at least you know the diamond parking generally is on um, you know private park you know, property, and, you know, and it's somebody that's leasing that property to Diamond to run the parking lot. So it is kind of you know it. it it's private enterprise, but it, it, the meters out in the street, you know, that's definitely public property and what people expect is public parking. And meter parking has been around for a long time. It's about trying to get turnover in the parking, um, particularly for in downtown spaces for the folks that are actually short-term customers and clients of businesses. So, you know, I, I'm not upset about meters, but, you know, it does sound like they're putting in some kind of pretty fancy state-of-the-art meter. I'm wondering how much those cost, how secure are those? I mean, if we're putting, if you're able to put a card into a meter, it's got to go someplace to, to say your card gets approved. So is that network secure? Well, that's a good point, and and these meters are self-powered. They have solar 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 panels on them to power them. But yeah, they have to be connected Wi-Fi somehow. And like with any Wi-Fi signal, if you know what you're doing, you can uh, um, you can intercept that and decode it. Hmm. Well, that'll be the next big uh, you know thing we'll see in the news that somebody breaks the uh, Wi-Fi network for the parking meter system and, and steals all the credit card information. Yeah. Wouldn't be the first time a public agency has been, had their credit card information ripped off. Exactly. And anybody that uh, um, has a job like I have regarding, you know, um, managing networks knows that uh, there is packet sniffers that can, um, that can, retrieve your passwords or your, your key presses and whatever. So unless you have a really good encoded system, um, yeah, you, it, well, if somebody really wants to, they can get anything really. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I, you know, frankly, I kind of miss having the coin operated ones because I always, you know, if I run into, you know, the, the dairy mark to get a jug of milk or something like that, I always throw the change in my center console. Well, the one of the ways I got rid of that change was pumping parking meters. <laughs> now it just builds up. Well, they they will accept coins. Oh, they will. Good, good. Because I, I mean that's 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 uh, yeah, I'll I'll pump. So so basically, it sounds like Robin, the tech person, um, call screener and and producer extraordinaire, recommends use coins. Don't use your credit card. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and of course maybe it'll make my car lighter because I think I carry an extra twenty pounds around in my car in, in the center console. <laughs> <laughs> and it says that they'll accept debit, Visa, whatever. And I don't know how they're going to do it. If you have to prepay for a certain amount of time, or if you put your card in. And since the, from what I understand, since the meter 
can see your car there if it'll just keep racking it up until you drive away. Yeah, I don't know how that works. Should be interesting. More to, come, more to come on downtown parking meters, I'm sure. You know, come to think of it, in a way, that would almost be a good thing because, you know, when you go downtown and you you go to a one-hour meter or two-hour meter, you're you're racing the clock to get whatever you need to do. So if it if you want to if it does set it up so that it knows your car is there and it'll only charge you for how long you're there and you don't have to race that clock, that'd be a bonus. Yeah, that would be a bonus in some ways, and and it would also kind of take pressure off of if you get in some place and they're busy. Um, and you can't get right to the counter, and people get patient and everything else, it might make people a little bit more patient knowing that they, you know, oh, well, it's going to cost me an extra quarter, you know, not an extra 14 or $18, whatever traffic parking tickets are downtown nowadays. Exactly. Plus the 30 cent convenience fee. Yeah, don't forget about that. But it was interesting, uh, I was downtown today, it was interesting them watching them take the uh, their sawzalls and cutting the old meters off and then mounting the new ones. You know, the only thing that was missing was the Freddy Krueger mask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my. So yeah, definitely. Uh, it's always kind of funny when they're doing stuff work like that. It always you know makes you scratch. If you didn't, if you hadn't read the story or knew what was going on, you'd be like, "What the heck are they doing? What, what's the city doing now?" <laughs> well, on that same line is that uh, because their their goal is to get everything done by Friday, so they had a lot of people doing it, and they were doing it in unmarked vehicles. Oh. And some people were not wearing any uniforms, you know, just a sweater or the hoodie or whatever. And to see somebody going around with a sawzall cutting the cutting the top of the meters off, it makes if you didn't know, it really make you wonder what's going on here. Yeah, it's doing the parking meters. They're gonna get ten dollars <laughs> worth of quarters. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. Well, if you can't tell, it's a free for all day here on the Bose Nose Show. <laughs> We'll talk about whatever you want to talk about, including parking meters, 646-721-9887. Just press 1. You want to get on the conversation. Again, 646-721-9887. And, you know, speaking of different subjects, uh, one of the things that did come up this week is I got elected chair of our board of commissioners. And uh, just want to thank the board for their, their confidence in me. Uh, and also uh, their extra work they placed on me. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny. The register guard, you know, puts the story in there, and they say largely ceremonial position or something like that. And it's like, yeah, sort of. <laughs> yeah. What what the chair of the board of commissioners does besides having to run the meetings, which is is pretty stressful. It's a lot more work than you would think to actually run one of those meetings to you know follow the agenda along particularly as we get to some of our land use actions that are quasi-judicial because you can actually create a reason for somebody's decision to be appealed just by not running that part of the meeting correctly um, so uh, you want to be very careful doing land use uh, Stuff, just as a judge wants to be very careful running their courtroom as that you know how they run their courtroom can actually be the source of an appeal of a of a uh, conviction or a, even uh, a, an appeal of a non-conviction uh, you know sem similar with land use stuff so you get to run meetings which is you know, has its own stress level at the same time we are also uh, the chair of our agenda team, which is the one that sets the agendas for the meetings and tries to work in uh, various workflow and all that. So you get an extra meeting every week uh, at eight o'clock in the morning. Uh, you have to be downtown uh, for this extra meeting once a week to do the agenda setting. And on top of that, also, you get expected to attend a lot more functions representing the, the county because as the chair, um, you're the figurehead for the county. So uh, if there's a, you know, 
ribbon cutting or uh, an awards banquet or uh, uh, you name the, the, the event, if there's some, uh, you know, the governor decides to come to town, you're mm -hmm. the person that's sort of expected to be there for the most part. So you get your time gets eaten up in little bits and pieces. And at the same time, you're also the person the media wants to talk to if there's something going on in the county the media wants an interview with. So you also have to speak for the board of commissioners as a whole and not necessarily be able to give as much personal opinion when you're uh, the chair. So it's also somewhat limiting in that you also have to be careful um, how you express yourself publicly sometimes because people will immediately think you're speaking on behalf of the county instead of I'm speaking as Jay Bozovich, individual county commissioner. You know, when I don't have that title chair in front of my name, people kind of get that. But as soon as you put chair Bozovich, when I have something to say publicly, it's assumed that I'm speaking on behalf of the county. So I have to be very careful to, if I am choosing to speak on my behalf, which I do on this Bose Nose show, is my opinion. It's not the county's opinion when I express it on this show. Um, I have that, a question. Sure. Uh, first of all, <laughs> am I going to have to come up with a disclaimer <laughs> on the show? Uh, and secondly, af after you were elected chair, uh, when people left, was there uh, snickering in the hallway and people saying, sucker? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, well, what, what's funny is, is the past chair usually does a little bit of a happy dance on the way out of the out of the meeting, and, and the other three guys are snickering, going "sucker." <laughs> yeah, congratulations. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's sort of one of those things, and it's one of the reasons why we rotate the chairmanship uh, it, it, amongst the county commissioners. And you know, the one thing the Register Guard noted in their article is that Pete Sorensen hasn't been chair for a while. And that isn't because we have not asked him if he wanted to be. Uh, we we actually said, Pete, do you want to be in the rotation for chair? You know, you want to be vice chair this year, and then next year you'll be chair. And he actually said no. He did not want to be in the in the chair rotation because he felt as that he wasn't part of the majority of the board and and therefore should not be chair. I think he actually likes not being chair because he can sit off to a side and and be able to speak from a personal standpoint uh much more freely um whereas if he was chair and having to represent the will of the entire board it might be uncomfortable for him at times so the fact that he hasn't been chair pete Sorensen's choice not because the rest of the board has said pete you can't be chair because he actually he can actually run a pretty good meeting. The guy's been around government for a long time. He's got a JD. It's not like he's a stupid person. Um, <laughs> you know, he's, he, you know, so it's not like we wouldn't want Pete to, to be running our meetings. Uh, it's just that he's chosen not to be part of that rotation. So we, we rotate the chair and the vice chair uh, uh, positions. We, we try and rotate also between having an urban commissioner and a rural commissioner. So if you notice, Pat Farr is a Eugene commissioner, urban, I'm a West Lane, I'm a, a rural commissioner. The vice chair now is, is Sid Lykin, the uh, urban commissioner. So he'll become chair next year. Um, and probably, you know, whoever is the East Lane commissioner might become vice chair, whether that's uh, Gary Williams wins his election or whoever, uh, that's a good chance that's who, who will be vice chair next year. And then that'll rotate through the positions uh, as we do that rotating duty as chair. And occasionally we've broken that stream for various reasons um, in the past uh, where it was advantageous to the board to keep the same chair year to year because there was something going on. We wanted to maintain um, that uh, consistent leadership throughout a, pro a, a longer term project um, that that chair had been leading. Um, there, there, you know, but that that's really, you know, chair. Yes, it is a ceremony position, but it does um, really help the board function well. Uh, it is a leadership position. You do speak on behalf of the board quite a bit. You do represent the board quite a bit. And it does add additional work 
uh, without additional compensation uh, to the uh, to your duties as a commissioner. Uh, so it, it it's uh, it's an honor and it's a lot of work. Uh, and that's about all I can say about that one. Probably beat that horse uh, to the point that it's no longer moving. But we got about four minutes left here in the Bo's Nose Show. So give us a call, 646-721-9887. And we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. But I am curious, what do you guys think about the city's uh, auditor position, ballot measure issues? Should there be a competing measure or not? How are you going to vote on Measure 101, the health care tax? And uh, any other things you want to talk about here on the Bose Nose Show, we can talk about parking meters. We can talk about being chair of the Board of Commissioners. Uh, anything else on your mind, Robin? Well, I mean, we can just add the, the views and opinions expressed on any program are those of the producer and our persons appearing on the program and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Lane County. How's that? Uh, there, that sounds good. <laughs> Just come up with that one off the top of your head. I, I like that one. <laughs> we'll have to add that into our into our disclaimer. Yes. There you go. Um, but yeah, you know, I I do do this show uh, because not necessarily as an opinion show, but also as an educational show. Talk about things that are going on in the community. Give you a little bit of background to them. Like I got to talk to you about what a performance auditor is. Uh, you know, talk a little bit about the. El Rapa and and why it's important to have a local air protection agency, um, you know all that stuff. But also, I I do it as an outreach thing, hoping that people will you know if they really do have a question, this gives you a chance to call me and talk to me one on one on the air here, or at least through this you know that I'm available on Facebook. By the way, we broadcast on Facebook Live, and uh, we have a KRBN Internet Radio. Facebook page that you can message me through. So there's all sorts of ways you can get a hold of me, but really it's about the outreach is why I do this program and not about putting my personal opinion out into the uh, ethernet of, of words here and internet uh, that lives on forever. You know, most people would actually be afraid to be doing a weekly hour program like this that are politicians because they would be afraid in some future time when they want to run for higher office they may have said something by accident in that 60 minutes once a week that will come back to haunt them because it's all there living forever on the internet. And frankly, most people know that I have no desire to run for higher office in the future, that I'm really happy just being a Lane County Commissioner. And, um, you know, if I say something a little bit wrong on this show, uh, I'll, uh, you know, if it's something I said accidentally, I, it might be something I'll apologize for later, but I'm really not that worried because hopefully as I speak from my principles and from my heart, I'm not saying bad things that will haunt me in the future. So, but you never know if you call in and change the subject and get it on something, you may be able to get me on record that you can use against me. So there's another reason for calling the Bo's Nose Show at 646-721-9887. Just press one if you want to get me on record about whatever it is you think I need to be on record about. And can I ask a quick? Sure. Yeah, I'd like to like to add too is that we do this program as kind of a well for the love of Lane County, and we don't make any money off this. It actually costs us to produce the the, the program, you know. And what we'd like to have people do is to like us, follow us, share the Facebook. Uh, live broadcast and let people know about it. Let you know have people. As Jay said, this is your opportunity to talk directly to Elaine County Commissioner now the chair, <laughs> and uh, you know you don't get that opportunity very often without uh, going down and making an appointment or attending at a meeting. So here's a way you can do it anonymously, and uh, and reach out. I mean, especially on some of the websites that are for Elaine County, like uh, WTF Lane County. You know, instead of complaining there. Here's an ear for you to express your views and opinions um, directly to somebody that may be able to do something about it or at least give you a, an honest answer about your concern. Great. I appreciate that, Robin. And again, and I will say, uh, and I want to thank Robin a lot because Robin actually set up this internet um, radio station and it actually is costing her money. She does not make money off of it and she 
provides this show to me free of charge and uh, really appreciate her time producing. Uh, we've been on, what, almost two years now, Robin, isn't it? Yeah, just about, yeah. Yeah, we're going to have to have a two-year anniversary soon. Um, so got to put that on the calendar. But, but we're just about done for this week's Bose Nose show. So I, I hope you might have learned something about auditing and maybe uh, ballot measures and a few other things here today on the Bose Nose show. We'll be back next Wednesday with another edition of Bose Nose show at regular time today. Talking to you then. But until then... Have a great week and stay out of this wind and rain if you can. And uh, just have a great week. Thank you for listening to me.